although there's it's still basketball, it's still a little difference as far as the women's game and the men's game, the athleticism, of course, and the fundamentals, of course. What what has been the biggest difference as far as you know uh, coaching um, both genders of basketball? Uh, just the the constantly trying to build uh, confidence and, and swagger, right? And then um, so all guys think they're going to be the next LeBron James. This is how we do, right? Yep. How we were brought, brought up in the game. We were taught to always feel that way, no matter what you're doing. Never say die, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. You know, uh, I was talking to some of our boys about that. Day. They were like, you know, when I was trying to say that, you know, MJ shouldn't have laughed at Gary Payton the way he did. And they were like, Greg, if somebody said that they could shut you down they could guard you, you would have did the same thing. I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. (laughs) You know, how you were taught how to, you know, how to be competitive in that way, whereas women are not taught to to have that kind of confidence and bravado about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so you you have to constantly build that in them and let them know you're just as good, if not better. Go out there and expect to be better than people. Go out there and expect to be great. You know what I mean? And we're going to work for it, and it's going to be a process, and you're not going to make every shot through it, but keep expecting to make every shot, right? right. And because you put in the work and trusting in that. And so um, and that's been, you know, one of the things that, you know, that I've been trying to make sure that I do, you know, is constantly building confidence, but, but build it, you know, honestly, right? And, and, and not just, you know, you know, building somebody up for the sake of doing it, but mm-hmm. building them up knowing that, that they earned it mm-hmm. and, and that they should sustain you know, that, that kind of effort and earning it, and, and they should expect to be good, right, because they put the work in, because it all pays off in the end. Yeah, real work equals real results. Yeah, always, always, yeah. always. You know, it might not happen when you want it to, but it's going to keep, it's going to happen. You just got to kind of be patient and trust and right. have faith. Right. That was Craig Carter of the University of Wisconsin. He spoke about his transition to the coaching ranks from the business world, the importance of the mid-range jump shot, the difference in coaching men and women basketball players, growing up and playing in New York City, and he also touches upon his next step in his coaching career. I'm Mark Williams, this is the Assistance Podcast, and this is Craig Carter. Good afternoon, Coach Carter, how are you? I'm good, man, I'm good, everything's good. Uh, I know right now we're in a different, difficult time right now in the world. How are you guys and you, you and your family doing right now? Everybody's good. Most of my family uh, is still in New York while I'm out here uh, in Wisconsin. My daughter and grandson out in uh, New Rochelle and my family in Brooklyn and all, all scattered out to the city. So I'm, I'm hopeful that they're, they're keeping safe and, you know, staying indoors for the most part and, and, and trying to stay virus free. Just so that I'm clear, uh, you said God, <laughs> you said granddaughter? Grandson. Yeah, grandson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I got a grandson. He's eight. So, uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, we're old. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I love it to death, but every time I, I hear it out loud, it, it catches me. But, oh, yeah, wow. Really wow. Yeah. Well, 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 I want to congratulate you. I think you're coming up on your 19th or 20th year as an assistant coach. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's been a minute but between, you know, junior college, high school, uh, and, and now here at the University of Wisconsin Coach of Women. It's been over 20, 21 years now, yeah. Now, in that 21 years, have you seen the game change a little? Because you're a former player. Um, have, has the game changed immensely or just a little bit? Um, I think here and there, there's some things that change. Obviously, 
you know, to more focus on, you know, shooting the ball from, from deeper, uh, getting away from having true conventional posts, you know, all the time. But I still think at the end of the day, true conventional posts, you know what I'm saying, and, and the ability to, to control the paint and, and force double teams help you be better. But, you know, this basketball is played in all kinds of different ways and just a matter of, you know, honing your skill and your identity on your team and then getting good at it. Yeah, you're definitely old school when you said uh, the post, because that's, that's a thing of the past now. It looks like a thing of the past right now. Uh, I, yeah. We're from we're New Yorker, so we dump it in the pat and figure it out from there, right? Hey, hey I, I tell people all the time, man, like as much as, you know, and everybody, you know, I, I refer them back to watching The Last Dance, and, and everybody wants to talk, you know, MJ was great and we watched it, but most of the shots that he made were mid-range jumps mm-hmm. that everybody say is a bad shot and and Kawhi Leonard won an NBA championship with Toronto Raptors making mid-range jump shots, mm-hmm. and KD went to the Warriors and played from the elbow in and made mid-range jump shots, and he sprinkled some threes in from there too. But let's KD became the Finals MVP what two years in a row, yep. shooting mid-range jump shots mostly. And so at the end of the day, we can keep sitting here saying and telling kids it's not a great shot, but we can see consistently most people when you can shoot off the bounce and shoot off the dribble, it makes you really tough to go. Agreed. And, and LeBron, of course, also, he's not a three-point shooter. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, yeah you're not, but the funny thing is, go check this. My brother will be very happy that I've mentioned this on this call. LeBron James is as good, if not a better three-point shooter percentage-wise than Kevin Durant. And watch when people go check it out, they're going to be like, wow. And they would never think that. But that dude can play inside and out. He can shoot mid-range jump shots off the dribble now at a higher rate. And he even improved his three-point shooting as it became old man and a better player. So, Again, you know, it, it helps you being able to score at all three levels and, and be a complete player and then hope and have your defense only hope you miss. But I, I will I will put money on pull-up jump shots if you want to work on it more than any other shot because it's the toughest thing to guard. It is. And, 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 and the people that rely a lot on analytics, God bless them. <laughs> God bless yeah, them. yeah, yeah. We, go, we ain't going to get into that. We'll call Charles Barkley and talk to people about that. But, yeah, that's his job. Uh, that's his job, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, our analytics has, has a place. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it doesn't have a place. Uh, but you also, at the end of the day, you know, you you got to have in anything, any profession, but in basketball, because that's my chosen profession, you got to have feel and you got to know certain things. I can't play it, you know what I'm saying, on a piece of paper. I got to get on the floor and I can figure out what's going on in that part. So, Again, you know, everybody has their way of doing things. No one way is the only right way. But, mm-hmm. you know, for me, that's how I grew up in the game. That's what I know works and works for me since I started playing, you know, some 38, 39 years ago. Right, which is a good segue because you played at the uni- uh, Rutgers University back when back when they were still in the A-10. They were still in the A-10 back then, right? Yeah, we were in the A-10, man. Yeah, it's been a lot of years ago. They, uh, You know, the good thing about that is, and I used it, you know, watching it with our young women on the uh, Big Ten Network. Uh, Penn State is in uh, the Big Ten now as well. They actually played, uh, we played a championship game from 1989, my sophomore year, when we beat Penn State in the Atlanta 10 championship. And so uh, being able to watch that and laugh at myself and still get a little nervous, even though I know the outcome, uh, <laughs> watching it um, <laughs> was, was, was kind of fun. But using, you know, how, and it's funny, it's 31 years ago, but I, I remember what I was thinking at certain parts of the game and my emotions like it was yesterday. And, and being able to use that, right, to help these young women grow in the game and, 
there was one point in the game where I was mad I wasn't getting the ball. And I told myself, the very next time I touch it, I'm shooting. I don't care where I'm at. These dudes freezing me out. Mm-hmm. And I shot it, and I got the air ball. Mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, my center rebounded the air ball and put it back in. And right then, Mark, I said, yo, you know what, Craig? Chill out, man. He's going to lose this game because you're getting caught up in your feelings as opposed to trying to win the game. Right. And so by the grace of God, we went on. We wound up winning the game, I think, about four. I think it was 73-69. And, you know, uh, from then on, I always told myself, as much as you know you have something to contribute, you can never be bigger than the team or the game. Okay. you got to catch yourself, you know what I'm saying, and get over yourself because getting caught in yourself can cost you the game and then you can never get it back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know how I would feel right now if I shot that air ball and my center and rebounded and put it in and we happened to lose that game. Like, I would never have left myself, you know what I'm saying, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? And so... You know, luckily I had to learn that lesson right then, but um, but it's something that, you know, I, I, I try to, you know, look to to help, you know, kids that I coach now. Now, speaking of which, how did you transition from after you graduated from Rutgers in 91, 91, 91-92, how did you transition from that into 20 years of, uh, of coaching? I know that you mix in some high school time and some WNBA stuff. <clears throat> how did you transition from being a player to now being a coach? Well, initially, uh, to be honest, I never thought I would ever be a, a basketball coach. I, I got into uh, corporate America right out of college, and I was a financial analyst for Chase Manhattan Bank mm-hmm. uh, for about four years. And then I went on in 96 and moved to Connecticut and worked for a GE um, out there until 1998, uh, 99, mm-hmm. for three years. And then after that, you know, I was in a management training program and wound up getting let go. Um, I actually saw a, a, a guy die in front of me at work and have a heart attack. And mm. I decided if I was going to do something that's going to jeopardize my health, it better be something I have a great deal of love for. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I was out there, I had taken a part-time job as a, a junior college coach mm-hmm. as well at Norwalk uh, Community College out of Norwalk, Connecticut. Um, and then when I moved back to Brooklyn and became a school teacher, I was an assistant coach at Abraham Lincoln with Tiny mm-hmm. for two years. And then from there, I got my first college job in 2001 at um, Elizabeth City State, which is a, a historically black college in the CIAA. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, I just, I've been all over the place now, and now I'm in Wisconsin for the last four. Wow. That's crazy. That's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's crazy. Norwalk, Connecticut, huh? What year you were there? I, I remember a kid I there. there. I was there '98. I worked there from like '98, and I wound up. I got sick, and then I wound up having to leave that job, like in January of '99. And then I moved back to New York that spring and summer, and then that fall I was teaching elementary school at PS329 in Coney Island, and then working as an assistant coach with Tiny with Abraham went to high school. Yeah, yeah, you had to get up out of Brooklyn at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different era back then. Um, yeah. So the, you, like you said, you traveled a mo- all all over, but you primarily you were doing boys, boys and men's basketball. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, I didn't I didn't transition to the women's game until 2016 when I took the job here at University of Wisconsin. Now, what made that uh, what made that a, a reality for you? Well. Uh, one of the stops I had on the, on the, on the men's side was at uh, University of North Carolina at Greensboro. And the person I worked for there was uh, Fran McCaffrey, who's the head coach at Iowa now on the mm-hmm. men's side. So my head coach here, Jonathan Sippis, had worked there and left that job in 2003, and then I went and replaced him at UNCG. And he wanted to transition to the women's side, too. He actually got a job at Notre Dame. 
And so because of us both being in that same family tree, when he got the job here in 2016 at Wisconsin, he called Fran and was looking for a male assistant to add to his staff. Mm -hmm. And we had just gotten let go at Cornell um, when I was there in 2016 uh, under Bill Courtney, who's now an assistant coach at, at Miami, University of Miami. And uh, he was like, yo, do you think you'd be interested in coaching at Wisconsin? I said, of course, it's the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. I don't care that it's women. Always had a great, you know, respect for, for, for the women's game is basketball. And every stop I've ever been at, I've always kind of uh, worked with the women's team in some way, shape, or form by developing, you know, relationships. And, you know, we both coach basketball and, you know, piggybacking off each other and mm -hmm. talking shop and stuff like that. So, you know, to me, it was just another basketball coaching job. It wasn't a women's coaching job. And so uh, it wound up working out. And, you know, it's been great, you know what I mean, living out here, you know, working at this Big Ten school, getting to go to Big Ten football games. Right. And, you know, a great, great athletic program here. You know, everybody – you know, it's pretty much successful. We're trying to get that program up and running as well, and I think we're on track right now, so it's been good. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> yeah, definitely the big t um, your, your, your conference is outstanding as far as basketball, athletics, and, and obviously football too. Um, but there's a transition period. Um, although there's, it's still basketball, it's still a little difference as far as the women's game and the men's game, the athleticism, of course, and the fundamentals, of course. What, what has been the biggest difference as far as, you know, uh, coaching um, both genders of basketball? Uh, just the, the constantly trying to build uh, confidence and, and swagger, right? And then, um, so all guys think they're going to be the next LeBron James. This is how we feel, right? Yep. How we were brought, brought up in the game. We were taught to always feel that way, no matter what you're doing. Never say die, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, or whatever. You know, uh, we're talking to some of our boys about that every day. They were like, you know, and I was trying to say that, you know, MJ shouldn't have laughed at Gary Payton the way he did. And they were like, Greg, if somebody said that they could shut you down and they could guard you, you would have did the same thing. I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. You know, how you were taught how to, you know, how to be competitive in that way. Whereas women are not taught to, to have that kind of confidence and bravado about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so you, you have to constantly build that in them and let them know you're just as good, if not better, go out there and expect to be better than people. Go out there and expect to be great. You know what I mean? And we're going to work for it, and it's going to be a process, and you're not going to make every shot through it, but keep expecting to make every shot, right? right. And because you put in the work and trusting in that. And so um, and that's been, you know, one of the things that, you know, that I've been trying to make sure that I do, you know, is constantly building confidence, but, but build it, you know, honestly, right? And, and, and not just, you know, you know, building somebody up for the sake of doing it, but mm -hmm. building them up knowing that, that they earned it. Mm -hmm. and, and that they should sustain, you know, that, that kind of effort in earning it, and, and they should expect to be good, right, because they put the work in, because it all pays off in the end. Yeah, real work equals real results. Yeah, always, always, yeah. always. You know, it might not happen when you want it to, but it's going to keep, it's going to happen. You just got to kind of be patient, trust, and right. have faith. Right. Um, now, which is another good segue, because I think that um, you guys are on the, on the cusp, and... and because I think that your division is good, your conference is good, but I think that you guys are interjecting something different. I watched some of your games, and you guys are really bringing that 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 swagger, your word, to 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 to, to Wisconsin basketball. Has that has the community as a whole? Because I know that they have a long history on the men's side of doing extremely well with a different swagger. Has has the has the women community accepted your you guys as overall? Yeah, I think so. Um, we're one of the tops in our conference in terms of home attendance. 
which is good. Um, one of the things that, you know, I think people discounted, and no disrespect to any college programs in the city, but in, in New York, we really don't have one program that the whole state gets behind. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, and, and ebbs and flows, like, you know, when we were coming up, you know, everybody wanted to be a St. John's because they were hot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it was only because they were good. It wasn't just because they were St. John's in New York. Mm -hmm. And right now here in Wisconsin, the, the pecking order, and I'll tell you this, and there's no disrespect to anybody. I love Giannis and the Greek Freak, but it goes Packers, then the Badgers, then the Bucks, and then the Brewers. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for instance, I tell people all the time, our volleyball team, our women's volleyball team just played for the national championship uh, this past year. They sell out all their home games. So wow. that's 8,000 people wow. in, in the city of Madison at a volleyball game on Friday night, packed. Mm -hmm. And insane and laughing, going crazy. They sell out every men's game. We sell out every home football game, right? And so the people here really support no matter what. But now when we start getting into the level where we're getting up into the middle of the Big Ten and to the top of the Big Ten, the, the roof is going to come off the cold center. We shoot, we see like 18,000 in there. And I can't, I know we've had some special days for attendance and we get six or 7,000 people in there. It's incredibly loud. And that's before we've got to the point where we're playing in the postseason, you know what I'm saying? And we're consistently winning 17, 18, 19, 20 games a year. Mm -hmm. And once we get that, we're going to average, and we're going to average seven to 8,000 people a game. Wow. Easy. And it's going to be insane. It's going to be tough to play in. And, and, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, that sounds amazing because that's those numbers are crazy um, for the um, W for women's basketball games. To be honest with you, uh, I, I, UConn, Notre Dame, Baylor's, um, right. South Carolina's, Stanford's, Oregon now. Oregon's hot. Um, those are ones that you expect yeah. that from. But you guys could pull that off. That'd be outstanding. That'd be that's outstanding. It. I'm telling you, it, it'll get there. That's that, that's the beauty of this place. That you know. This state and this city and this community here and even the neighboring towns of, you know, Sun Prairie, Verona, you know what I mean, Pittsburgh and Verona, they all super support. And it, 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 I, I can't wait for it because it, it'll be insane and it'll be a beautiful thing to watch. And it'll be a great experience for, for our student athletes for sure. No, that's dope. Um, that's a tribute to you guys. And also, and I've been in Wisconsin. I, I actually hooped a couple of times out there and it's, 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 okay. it's, it's crazy out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. This is in the height of hoop it ups and all that stuff. Like it was crazy. Like yeah. so, uh, one of my friends, a couple of my friends went to uh, Marquette, and they were like, okay, they were like gods walking down the street. I, I felt like I was like a a, a big yeah. fish in a little town. I was like big time over there. Basketball is big in in that state. I'll let you. I'll let you mention Marquette only because we family. Yeah, I, I, my, bad, my bad. My bad. My bad. My <laughs> bad. <laughs> but but they're not they're, they're not in your in your conference though. They're not in your conference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so what's what's next for you personally as far as um the coaching the coaching? It's about time for you to get that HC next to your name. What, what, who we got to talk to? That's the that's that's the plan. Well, you know you know how it is. We we got to do a little bit better here, right? Yeah. I got I to you know bring Wisconsin up in the Big Ten. I'm a, I'm a big believer in that as much as. You know, sometimes it doesn't play itself through. I believe in, in earning everything, right? I'd be hypocritical if I tell my student-athletes that they need to earn something, but then I wanted somebody to give me something. Mm -hmm. Do I think that I'm, ready, that I'm ready to lead a program? Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that I haven't learned yet, but I, I, I truly believe 
You learn how to be a head coach just like how you learn everything. You got to learn when you get the job. I'm yep. preparing for the job now, mm-hmm. but there's going to be things that, that I don't know is going to come up that I only know when I become a head coach. And mm-hmm. so um, that's definitely my goal. That's been my goal since I got into the game, and, and, I, and I've come close. I actually uh, had a job opportunity. I won't mention school. Mm-hmm. and wanted to turn it down for something that I thought was a better job, even though it was an assistant job. Um, and so, uh, you know, sometimes that happens. And you gotta, you got you got to make that tough, hard decision. Uh, but um, so I'm hoping that you know God blesses me again and brings something back around. And you know, next time I probably won't be saying no to it. But, uh, <laughs> Need that. Uh, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it for sure. All right, I appreciate it, man. That's pretty much everything I got for you, man. Um, any parting words that you want to give before I ask this big time question? I got one more question for you, but uh, any parting words before we go? No, nah, man, I just appreciate, you know, uh, being able to get on with you. You know, you know, we fam and, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, we obviously don't talk and shop, but, you know, we don't need to talk shop to, you know, to stay in touch. And I appreciate you always helping me out and, and being a resource for me, whether I was on the, on the men's or the women's side. So I appreciate that for sure. Well, well, thank you, and I appreciate you being family also. But here's the question. You ready for this one? <laughs> oh, uh, it's, it's actually it's a three-part question, and I asked an assistant coach the other day about it. So, And I stole the, and I stole the question from the knuckleheads, so I'm going to give them credit, all right? Who was who that uh-huh. guy that really got at you in high school, got at you in college? Ooh, high school? Like, like, like oh, shit, he really... Got he got me. Damn. See, it wouldn't have been, and no disrespect, like I, I went to Bronx High School of Science and, and we, we played a tough schedule and there were some dudes out there that could play and we played against a bunch of A teams. Mm-hmm. Like I was I was a freshman the first time I played against Rod Strickland. That that ain't even fair. Like that don't even make sense to yeah, mention right. that right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I ain't even gonna act like like that ridiculous. But um he was still at Truman. He was Truman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Truman. Um, but it would have been, it would have been like in a summer tournament. That's uh, it, You know what I mean? It would have been either, you know, playing up in a, in a Holcomb, whether it be at Millbank up there, 145th Street, you know what I mean? And it would have been, it probably, I mean, we played together at one point. Uh, I have to say, I have to, I, I got to go with Lloyd Daniels and Sweet Pea, to be honest. But like, I didn't, you know what I mean? I ain't have to guard him per se, but like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I played against a bunch of dudes, but in terms, you know, because that that era of, of, of coming up in the '80s and, and and early '90s or whatever, like, it was just different. You know what I mean? But there's a bunch of talented kids now, but like, there were there were cats that could play and could go on every level. They just happened to go to certain schools at the time that you know you were not getting away from anything. Like, I'm forgetting. Old boy's name right now, I think Oliver something that played that far rock that we were both seniors and we wound up, you know, beating the city and scoring. He was number one, I was number two, but he was averaging like thirty six points a game. Oliver Taylor. Oliver Taylor. Oliver Taylor. You know what I mean? And so, you know, we never played against each other like in high school, but you know, back then before AAU and everybody got a chance to travel, you know, you met up in either citywide, right? Or you met up, you know what I'm saying, in Boys of Yesteryear in Harlem. You know what I'm saying? Or you met up in, in Soul in the Hole, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or LG or in Chico's League over in Lindsay Park and, and, and Brooklyn. So, I mean, that's where, for me, my battles happen with Kent. You know what I mean? And 
And, you know, when some, and some of them, you know, Hoop Connection, I can't forget Hoop Connection and Rothschild Park, you know, in Fort Greene where I'm from. So, I mean, I, I have to say, you know, some of the, like, I, I, I played against a bunch of impressive cats or whatever. So, but I'm, I'm going to go with Sweepy because we can never beat them in the championship at LG when they show up there with Keith Stroud and all the cats. You know? Yeah, but LG um, is different, though. That's, that's, that's. That's not basketball sometimes in that back then. <laughs> that was some, that was our Darwinism. That's survival of the fittest in there that, at that era. Yeah, but I'm telling you, like, it, it prepares you for everything. Though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I can't, like, that, this is what I, like, I, I tell kids all the time now. You had to, it's like, like before when you're in the rap game, right? You had to have a, two or three good summers before you got a nickname. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, you can make one or two good moves. I know I sound like an old dude, get off my lawn, but I, you know what I mean? But it's it's, it's different way because you had to, like, if you played on Thursday, you couldn't not come back out on Friday if you got if you got dealt with. Like, right. you had to come back and redeem yourself. We had to do it again on Saturday versus the old dudes. And if you got a chance, play with the older dudes and you was 15, 16 years old, you made it. Right. And that's how you grew up and knew you were getting there. And then, you know, with the advent of Facebook, I started realizing I was playing against cats that was 10 years older than me. Yeah, that's dudes cool. working, you know what I mean? I had kids and I'm 16 years old, 27. I'm playing against them in the park every Saturday. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it was the best thing for me. And, you know, I was telling, you know, somebody the other day, you know, I played with Dykeman at AU, if you could say that, if it was AAU back then. And every Friday night, we used to work out at Brandeis High School, and just imagine being 15 years old, working out against uh, Mark Jackson, uh-huh. Ed Pinkney, Walter Berry, uh-huh. uh, Kenny Smith, right? You know, Ken the Animal Bannister. Uh-huh. It would be like Matt Sullivan, who was a pro, it was nice. Like the, the cats that used to come down there and play against us and work out for two hours, you know what I'm saying, from 8 at night to 10 at night on a Friday night in hot Brandeis and no air conditioning was insane uh-huh. and so uh you know that to me was the, the, the best that's the best thing that ever prepared me to play basketball on any level in any state against anybody that that, that could ever happen and uh you know, there was one guy i have to admit in college because he dropped 50 on us so i'll be hard pressed not to mention his name and he played with silk owens at rhode island and uh you know so I mean, when you get 50, you, you get mentioned again in 2020, even though it happened in 88. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? His, his name was Tommy Garrett. He's actually a head coach at UMass Lowell. And I was like, man, I, that was a hell of a freshman year to get, you know what I'm saying, indoctrinated to watch this. And, you know, like, even I have to say this. I have to, You know what? I almost forgot. When I was a freshman in high school or sophomore in high school, a guy by the name of John Morton that played at Walton High School. John Morton um, went to Seton Hall, Hall, And I remember <laughs> when they played for the National Championship, I think he was a junior and I was a freshman. It was the first game I started at Rutgers. I wanted to have a nine points and seven assists. You know, there's certain things you don't you don't forget. Mm-hmm. But John John got at us that day. That guy got mad at me because I knew John and I, you know, he's a good friend or whatever. And I was like, yeah, John just had a great game today. And I remember from high school, I mean, he used to have great games against Bronx Heights up there all the time. And I got mad, like, yo, what you mean? I said, yo, it don't, it don't mean I don't think I'm, I could be better than dude, but uh-huh. they just beat me. Like, what's, ain't nothing wrong with you ask me a question. You know what I'm saying? That's my man. He would say the same thing about me, but they got at us. And, and you see the dude play the league and 
they almost beat Michigan in the national championship game when nobody thought they were that good. So, again, you know, uh, I would, if I have to you know, point to somebody in high school that played in you know my league that I had to go up playing against, even though he's older than me, it would have been John Moore for sure in high school. And then college, I got to give it to Tommy Garrett because they had, he had 50, you know, 50, yeah, 50. Rhode Island going with him and Silk in the backcourt. They messed around and made a Sweet 16 that year. So, they weren't, you know, they weren't slouches. You know what I mean? That's crazy. And I know, I know, Coach Garrett too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good dude, man. He looked at me kind of funny sometimes. So uh, I would trip him next time I see him at an AAU. Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> but anyway, thanks, Coach Carter. How many times did you hear that? Like Coach Carter, like when the movie came out, were you like annoyed? The movie came out, man, it was crazy all the time. You know, the but the good thing is, I still got my head. That dude was bald, so they can't have a mistake. So I'm good. And he must have been like 50 when he filmed that Samuel Jackson. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I, the next time somebody asked me, I'm like, yeah, that was me. I just, you know, this is, you know, I, I stay in school. I drink a lot of green tea. I'm just, you know, you know, I just don't look that same age. It's crazy. Yeah. And you got the LeBron uh, hairstyle, uh, the pack. Uh, the, <laughs> Whatever he got on his head. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, my mine is all juice and berries, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, no problem. I appreciate you. Same here.